All right, and we're going. This is the pilot episode. This is the Busted Media Podcast number one. Uh, we are getting things going here. It's Jeff and Tony. We're here with Tony, who's actually the godfather, the founder of Bustum Media. And before we get started, why don't you tell everyone what Bustum is? Bustum Media, in its most purest form, is a, a sports and entertainment wagering media company. And what that means is we're going to put out content and we're going to do videos, stories, podcasts revolved around sports primarily, but we're going to incorporate different aspects of entertainment. And we're going to talk about it from a view of not only stats and information, but we're going to talk about it from a wagering perspective. And it's not so that everyone can bet on it. It's more so so that you can have an informed opinion. And it's so that if you have an opinion already, you can have something that's backed up by it. And you could say, hey, the odds makers are actually in favor. Or you can say, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm really off on this topic and I need to do some more education. It's a way to enhance the viewing or the listening experience already. And that's what I tell people. Gambling isn't a vice. It's a way to add an additional layer of entertainment on top. Let me just give you an example. We're all football fans. We're, I mean, in this area, we're, we're in Chicago. We're Bears fans. And if you're a big Bears fan already and you think they're really going to beat the Jets, you could put 25 bucks on thinking that they're going to cover a seven-point spread, and that they're going to win by at least seven. And you're still rooting for your team. You're still enjoying the game. But it's just an additional layer of entertainment where the margin of victory at the end comes in. So that's what this podcast, that's what Boston Media in general is designed to, uh, to give you that, that additional layer of, uh, of sensory intake. And hopefully um, you get enjoyment out of it and hopefully it's a little profitable. That's what it comes down to. So thank you, Jeff, for asking what they – I mean, really, it's just – you know, there's a bunch of different media companies you can go to right now where it's more of the narrative and more of an editorial on different sports and different entertainment pieces. We're just taking the, the wagering view. And with the state-by-state state legalization that's sweeping the country right now with the, the, uh, the PASPA overturn in, in um, the Supreme Court, this is something that whether you like it or not, whether you think it's a sin or not, it's not. Let me just say that first and foremost. But it's just an additional layer of entertainment. And I'm, I'm going to keep repeating that because for a lot of people that I know who maybe bet once or twice per week, they enjoy it for that exact reason. So that's all it is, Jeff. So thank you. Um, again, by no means you have to bet anything that you hear on this podcast. And let me additionally say, if you are not in a state that accepts sports wagers, please do not go outside of the means to find that. That is not what this podcast is about. There are plenty of states that are with, probably within driving distance for a lot of us to go make those legal wagers, but we are not advocating for anyone to go outside of the legal means of placing a sports wager and, and going to find a, a bookie for these types of things, and that's the last disclosure I'm going to give. No, I would agree, and I think, I mean, for me personally, I think we're at a time in sports viewership where the gambling, the wagering, the daily fantasy, it's adding more of a layer to the overall experience of watching sports than we've had. And gambling's been around, I mean, sports betting's been around forever, as we know. But, you know, like I said, the acceptance of what daily fantasy is now, the legislation that's coming down where it's gaining more and more acceptance overall. And make no means about it. 
any if you play da- daily fantasy sports or even regular fantasy sports, you are gambling. Can, yeah, can we agree on that? I mean, if you're you, gambling. If you do a fantasy football league with your coworkers and it's a fifty dollars buy-in and the winner you're gets a pot at the end, you're gambling. You're gambling. And, and you know, you're doing a March Madness pool, and that's what I'm. My point is that everybody knows that it's happening. It's just finally gaining that acceptance on on the outer most layer, and and I think. There's two types of things that wagering does with sports viewership. I think the example that you gave, Tony, about, you know, if you're already going to watch the Bears game and you're a huge fan, you're a diehard fan, and you decide to lay money on the spread, it's just going to add to your emotional investment. But the other thing it does is it gets people who might be casual fans or might not otherwise watch a particular sport, a particular game. It's a way for them to put 10, 20, 30 bucks on it, some, you know, safe, fun. It gets people's eyes on things. It, it, it actually helps sports expand their audience because it gets those people that might not otherwise watch, you know, the ability to, to inter- engage in the game, have some fun, and that goes into prop bets. And think about the Super Bowl. There are people who don't watch football all year, but they go to a Super Bowl coin party. Toss. They bet on the coin toss. They bet on the color of the game. National right? anthem. Yeah, and it's fun. It's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. And, again, I think Tony would reiterate this. Boston is not a place to just come and get picks and advice. There's a bunch of different people you can go. Pay twenty nine ninety five. There's a lot of different t-shirt. outlets. There's a lot of different outlets and things you can listen to to just go get advice. We're 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 gonna put out picks, but we're also just going to look at the sports gambling world from a wide spectrum. We're just gonna discuss it openly. We're gonna sprinkle in the major sports news in there. It's gonna be more of just a casual conversation. If you're interested in sports wagering. Hopefully it's something you like to listen to, gain a little bit of knowledge. And if you're someone who's interested in getting into it, Tony's going to do a great job of, of, of getting you familiar with how it works, kind of showing you the ropes for any novices out there. So, And if you are into the, the picks or into more of the nitty-gritty gambling aspects, I would point all of you to Instagram at Bustle Media. And there you can find daily picks. There you're going to find videos on education of the different types of wagers, the different types of of ways you can you know have that additional layer of entertainment so with that being said we're going to get into a, a couple of just news topics it's been a very very newsy sports week here um, and it is saturday so we're we got a ton of college basketball on we're currently watching the duke syracuse game and i think that's a great place to start i was going to say i think uh for safety reasons to not ruin this podcast any further should i just sit the rest of it out should I pull a Zion, sit the rest out just to avoid I, any you, risk? You do have a very nice pair of Jordans, so that might be an issue. It might be an issue. <laughs> that, I, I will say before, just honestly, have you ever seen that before? The guy's shoe never seen imploded. It. Not only imploded, but the core structure of the shoe disintegrated. I mean, the, the bottom from the rest of it just, I mean. Is he uh, that much of a specimen? Do you think that's what it is? Is he that explosive? So I don't, I don't, contain. I don't think he's the best player on his team. I don't think I, I know there's going to be a lot of hype around him as the number one pick. We're seven uh, minutes into the first podcast. He's already hot taking us. I, I don't. Then and, and let me give him my reason why. Uh, w- with the way that the NBA is moving uh, to to where big guys have to not only be able to do the offensive part of the game, where you got to be able to dribble, you got to be able to shoot. Cam Reddish to me is the player that shows the most promise in the NBA. Because he can shoot the three, he can drive the lane, he can, he's a physical player, he can take the, the, the heavy-duty hits that someone who's going to hit the lane often can take. And to me, he's the most, he's got the most moxie of, of any college player that I've seen so far. There's a couple different players, 
But to me, Cam Reddish has this stoic look on his face most of the game. And if there's a last-minute shot, a last-minute possession, I want him with the ball in his hands. And that's So is he a specimen, Zion? Yes, he is. Uh, when you create that amount of force, things are going to happen. And Nike? They learned that the hard way. They learned it the hard way. But do I think he's the best overall prospect on his own team? No, I do not. I would agree. I think, you know, not to spend too much time on his NBA prospect status, but I, I do think with him, the one thing that is glaring that I, I know it hasn't been overlooked, but he's not a great shooter, Zion Williamson. No. And the thing is, is he... He's not a true stretch LeBron forward. wasn't the great greatest shooter either, but the difference was is LeBron was able to get by. I mean, they're as explosive as Zion is. He was he 6'7"? Yep. Right he is there. not the size and... He does not have the physical stature that LeBron had. So it's been nine minutes in, and while I've had a hot take, we got someone comparing him to LeBron James. So okay, let the but, record but, show. But, but, but people, people are – I'm not saying that people think he's LeBron James, but in terms of when's the last time a prospect coming out of the draft had this kind of hype? It, it's it's it, Sebastian Telfair. Seriously? <laughs> really? Uh, did he? You, that's not a joke. Did he? Ha, did he? Uh, so here's my question. Did, do you remember the the ESPN documentary they did on him? Um, no. Through the fire, I think it was called. Absolutely I, not. I can't recall if it was. I'm, I'm, no, I'm being serious. I, this came up in a okay. conversation. I, I had thought you were pranking me. No, no, because I can't remember if it came up before the draft or after he was already drafted. But Sebastian Telfair out of New York had a lot of hype behind him, and looking back on it, he was a, a Steph Curry type player. He was just a pure shooter. Um, real thin, lanky kid out of New York playing at at the at the parks. But um, no, I can't think of another player in our era because well, yeah. really LeBron hasn't well, really been our era. But, but what I, when I, when I, what I, the reason I, I really mentioned LeBron is just the idea that Zion, until he develops a shot, is going to have to rely on his brute strength and physical ability to get to the rack. LeBron could do that because he was the. Nobody it was ever his size with his speed and explosion. Fair. I don't think Zion's a big enough guy. To where in the NBA, he's going to be able to just do that. So that for me, it's again, if he ends up being an absolute stud and is everything people think he will be, I won't be shocked. But if he struggles in the NBA a little bit, I don't think it would surprise me because the way the game is played now, you know, even big guys have to be able to stretch the floor and, and make jumpers. So, and Zion is six seven, and and let's be fair to him, even after the injury, a lot of books took so. There are certain books in certain municipalities, mainly New Jersey, who will take bets on the first player drafted. Up until the injury, he was the odds-on favorite to be first player drafted. So while my opinion is much different than the odds makers, the, the popular belief in the public is that he will still be the first player drafted. A lot of the commentary after he's gotten injured is that, yes, he's day-to-day. Uh, Coach K came out on the offensive and said, we're going to do what's best for the gentleman and everything. But... Ultimately, if he's fine and it's just a mild sprain like they say it is, he he will still probably be in the mix for for the overall pick. So with all of that being said, he's still the odds-on favorite to be the first overall pick. And a team like the Knicks could probably use a player like him. I mean, he is a generally he's a generationally great player. And if you have the opportunity to draft him, you gotta do it. I think I mean I think a lot of it still has to do with let's see how the timetable. I mean, it's only been a few days. So I think you gotta see how long will he actually sit? I mean, I know that 
they're going day to day and being kind of vague with it. But the injury overall, not nearly as bad as we as it looked initially. No. So I think a lot of it's, I mean, in terms of the value on whether or not he remains, he becomes the number one pick in terms of an odds bet, I, I think the next few days will be pretty telling in terms of how that actually manifests into good value, not good value. Um Let's let's stay with this game though from a betting perspective real quick. Let's let's stay with this Duke Syracuse game. Obviously it's on right now, but um, from your perspective before this game, we're going to do a little retrospect here because it's already going on. So if you're listening to this and you placed action on that game, maybe you're sitting there scratching your head. Maybe you're happy that you went with your gut. What is going into a game like this with the Zion injury with the Bayheim situation? Is this one of those games to you that is just a do not touch? With so all the factors. Yes. So for me, it was an absolute do not touch only because not only, and we haven't even talked about the Jim Beheim news, but with the Zion Williamson removal, it's very difficult to tell. Now, Duke closed the five-point favorite. The The popular belief was that they were going to be somewhere around a nine-and-a-half, ten, ten-and-a-half point favorite with Zion. I don't think he's worth five points to the spread, but as of right now, they closed as five-point favorites playing at Syracuse. Um, it, it, do not touch. I don't think there's any value there. Do I think Duke's still the better team? Yeah, and they probably should still cover the spread, but it's a, it's a do not touch only because you do have some emotion on the Syracuse side as well with the Jim Beheim news that uh, he struck and killed a passenger uh, in a, a highway incident. A horrible uh, story. Horrible story. And, uh, you know, there, there's not much you can say about it. I mean, J- Bayham wasn't at fault, obviously wasn't ticketed, but, you know, anecdotal stories, you know, there's a, a close person that I know who, who struck and killed someone on the highway completely intentionally, very same um, scenario that Bayheim was in. It's hard to leave that. It's hard to, to not think about that years after, let alone less than a week after. So the, the mental state Jim Bayham is in, I'm not 100% sure if he's going to be in a capacity to to coach at his his at his peak, but stay away game for me. There wasn't actually a lot of whole. The action on today's slate was um, suboptimal at best. So I, I the only game that I've taken so far is I did have LSU and we needed some help on that with with the refs. I think uh, there's going to be some talk about that probably tomorrow on Monday with talking heads. But I had LSU today, and that was it, actually, in, in college ranks. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. What you this got? guy hit a three-team parlay today. What you got? As we talked about. I, You know, if anyone watches Big Ten basketball, Penn State is like 3-12. and 12 Had trouble closing out In games. conference, but they've lost a bunch of them at the very end. They've yep. got a lot of good scorers. Uh, Pat Chambers is a really good coach. They were on the road at U of I today, and U of I's also look good. So it was one of those games where... I believe Penn State was right before I took it. Penn State was two and a half point dog on the road. I said at that at that spread, I'm going to go money line. Yep. Uh, took them money line. Then I took LSU um, and Texas each with the points. Texas was Texas getting four and a half. LSU was three and a half, and Texas was getting smoked early. So I thought I blew the whole thing, um, but they were able to come back, lose by two. Had the worst game winning possession I've ever seen to lose the game, but they were <laughs> only down two, so it didn't bother me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point now, conference tournaments right around the corner, so it's an exciting time for wagering. you got college hoops getting into its best time of the year, March Madness, not too far along. So we'll obviously cover that um, as we get closer. But, you know, we wanted to, you know, this first podcast, another thing we wanted to make sure we cover is, I said it in the opening, that 
one thing, one thing for Tony's vision is to make sure that people who are maybe novices in the, in the gambling you know, realm, sports wagering, that are interested in it, they want to just do it casually. They don't want to get in a situation where they, they're losing more than they can afford to. They just want to do it as a nice hobby on the side. Tony wants to take it upon himself to make sure that how to wager is actually covered here to teach people how to do certain things, what certain terminologies mean, because it is it can be like its own language. You know, and if you go Absolutely. to if you go to Busted Media at Busted Media on Instagram, you'll see Tony's hits, uh, the sports wagering class, two sessions in so far. But he's also we're going to make sure that on this podcast we're going to take a term each week um, and let Tony elaborate on it, um, shed some light on it. So when you hear these terms with your coworkers or someone else and you don't know what you're talking about, you now will be able to understand what they're talking about, sound a little bit cooler at the water cooler and all that all that sort of. Uh, sort of things that happen. So one thing that we're going to talk about today is juice. We're going to talk about juice. Not fruit juice. Not fruit juice. Not grape juice. And, and not uh, number 32 from USC back in the day. We're going to talk about juice in terms of odds. And where it usually comes into play is the money line. So that's the bet, if you recall, through sports wagering class of just who is strictly going to win the game. That's it. And w- for our purposes, let's talk about basketball, baseball, football, and hockey okay so the money line is a bet that if you have a team that's heavily favored let's just say it's the uh the 85 chicago bears playing the uh 2015 cleveland browns Woo! that's going to be a very large spread but the money line is going to be very very skewed to towards chicago and the juice the juice is if we talk about an even money bet bet Jeff, I think this team's going to win. I will bet you a dollar to win a dollar, right? Well, if the Bears are playing the Browns, that's not a fair trade because one team is more than likely going to win that bet. So the juice is the premium you're going to have to pay to get that even money dollar bet. And so when we talk about steam, juice and steam go into one another. Steam is when one side of a money line bet gets taken. And so let's say... We have Duke versus Syracuse. Duke being a minus 180 favorite. That means you got to put up 180 bucks to win 100. That's what it opened at. But a lot of people think Duke's going to win this game. That money line went from minus 180 to minus 230. So it was steamed up. That means people are taking that bet. And in reaction to that, the odds makers are changing that line. 50 cents higher to minus 230. So when you're looking at a game... We use this word value a lot. Is there value on the bet? And a popular misconception is that a value bet can't be a favorite bet. That's absolutely not true. If you know a team is going to win and they're favored, that's absolutely fine. But if the juice is minus 500 and a fair market value might be minus 300, there's no value there. But let's say it's Duke on an opening line minus 180 against Syracuse and you feel very confident in that game. Go ahead and lay that minus 180. And then when you see the steam move to minus 230, you can say to yourself, I made a good bet because when, other people are taking it. And that when action. you say that, you are risking $180 to win 100 To win 100 Right. As opposed to waiting on, maybe, uh, maybe you took that overnight line and now it's two hours before the game, minus 230. You lost out on 50 cents or $50 in this case. So for the same bet, instead of laying that 180, you're now laying 230. 
That's a big difference. So it was steamed up. So you want to be ahead of the steam. You never want to be on the wrong end of the steam. Does that make sense, Jeff? It does. So my, my follow-up question to you is, and I would say this to anybody, is essentially if you are looking at games a few days out, a day out, whatever the case may be, you see a matchup you like, take it then. If you see something you like, you like the value, you like the bet, take it then because like you just mentioned, as you wait, if you're thinking it, Maybe other people are thinking it, and the more money that comes in the way you were thinking, that's going to affect the steam. The line's going to move. The money line's going to – everything's going to be fluctuated based on what people do leading up to the game. So I think – is that, is that something you'd say to someone that if they look at a spread two days out and say, wow, I like this, or I like the money line, I like where I'm at right now, you would say take it, don't sit back and wait? So – Every bet is a game-by-game game basis. Let me just say that up front because you can't – a lot of people will do these systematic bets, and we'll get to that later on. I mean, that's a little bit more of an advanced technique. But yes and no, and here's why. Let me give you an example. LSU opened up plus 2.5 today. It went to plus 4 an hour within the game when the news that their top player was out. So you could have a good beat on a game, and something unforeseen comes up, and that changes the line. So while I got a shit number compared to four, ultimately my view on the game was still correct that LSU was going to win the game or not lose it by more than two, right? So yes and no, you have to be very careful. There are certain sports that lend themselves to that. Hockey's a great example. If you have a good idea and you watch a lot of NHL hockey, you can lock in really good money lines before the, the, the juice moves on it. But in college, especially college football, I can give you a horror story of betting on South Carolina plus three and a half against Georgia and having that that line move to nine. I bet it on Monday morning. That line moved to nine by Friday. Did I look like a dummy and I lost it? So it can go. It can go against it, you. It can go quickly. against you. It can actually, if you if you really like something, people could go the other way and actually increase the spread or whatever. Absolutely. It is. So you, you, I guess it is one of those things like you mentioned where. It is a game-by-game basis. Sometimes you get burned, sometimes you don't. But I think I, I would say it's probably best to react more on the swift side than not most times. And to tie it all back, these line movements, are that's what's going to indicate to you whether you're right or wrong on your initial assessment. So if you are, a, if you are a someone who, who uses power rankings to give yourself an idea of what the spread should actually be or the money line should actually be, if your number comes out very different than the opening number, that's an opportunity to take that bet. But if your numbers are off or you have somewhat of a soft opinion, wait later in the week or wait closer to game time to get an idea of where the steam is, where the public money is, where the sharp money's at, and then you can make a move on that game. So it's more important to have an opinion before you look at the number. Let me stress this. And, and after this will be the last point before we move on to some, some other league-specific stuff. Have an opinion on a game before you look at the number. And the reason behind that is, if you don't have an opinion, as soon as you look at that number, you will come up with an opinion. You want to, even if you're wrong when you look at the number, at least that is what is informing you that you need to take a, look, a second look at the game or it backs up and corroborates your initial assessment. So power ranking is the best way to do it and we will go through that probably much later on. Again, that's an advanced technique to sports wagering. But have an opinion on who you think is going to win the game and by how much, and then take a look at the spread. And that's gotcha. the best way to bet it. Perfect. So that's, so that's a summary of those terminologies within betting. 
We're going to try also to piggyback on that and do some league-specific types of bets and summarize that as well. So tonight, for the inaugural pilot podcast, what's been selected is the first period over bets in the NHL. So you want to elaborate on that for people? Yes. So I went over this on the nightcap. Again, Instagram, at Busta Media. Every Monday and Thursday night, we do the nightcap. It's a live show recapping the last three or four days with the sports action and looking ahead. The best bet in sports right now was the top six teams to the over in the first period. And that is Chicago, Columbus, Pittsburgh, San Jose, Tampa Bay, and New Jersey. And when both of, so when you had two of the top six teams playing against each other, the over on the first period goals total was 60 and six. That's a 90% clip. The best bet in sports. Now, with that being said, today, San Jose played Columbus. They had a one nothing score after the first. That's the seventh loss, and, um, and I, I was on that. that. Three-nothing. Yeah, three, well, three-nothing now. Three-nothing. One-nothing after the first now. period, yeah, which that, is a bunko. So, yeah. we're, we're, so you're covering on that puck line there, Jeff. But the other aspect of it is those six teams that I mentioned, Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and New Jersey – are all hitting at above 60% in first period overs when they play, regardless of who they're playing. So the the bet, let's go over the bet. The bet is within the first period, the first 20 minutes of the game, total goals scored, not by just those six teams, but by those teams or whoever they're playing. It's usually one and a half or two in certain instances. And the juice, which we just talked about, that odds that you're laying to bet that over have gotten into the $2 range, which means if you like, for example... Columbus versus San Jose, over one and a half in the first period, you might lay 210 to win 100. But if you're hitting it above 60% and you bet it consistently, that's where you make your money. And so you have to identify these trends early because you never want to get in the way of a bad trend. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so that's just best, best bet in sports. Best bet yeah. in sports. So, 90%. I mean, and and that's and that's another goal here is not just not to just talk about picks and talk about it from a you know talk about sports wagering from a, a sort of a broad spectrum, but also be able to because there might be people listening that don't know that you can bet on things like that. You you can bet on things you know first half, second half in a college basketball game. You can bet first half spreads, second half spreads, and those will all be things that'll get covered um, as we go through here. But we always want to just take the time and shed some light on a few cool things that you can do you know, within the framework of one actual game. And let me give you another one. So college basketball, there's a trend that since 2005 has been very strong, but this year it has not. And that is home teams, unranked, favored against a ranked opponent. So Iowa State at home, unranked, laying three points against Texas Tech, ranked 16. And those bets have been very good up until this year, hitting at almost 65%. But this year, they have not come through. What does that tell me? That tells me the teams that are not favored but are a better team usually win even on the road. It doesn't happen often. This year is an outlier. But when you look at that trend, maybe you'll bet two, three, four games early on in the season. And when that, tra- that trend breaks down, you'll, you'll take a look at it. You'll say, okay, it's not working this year. And you adjust. So it trends don't always pay the rent, uh, as they say in Vegas, but they help you inform your opinion. Hundred percent. So um, again, I think that's a good, a good way to sort of you know take these terms and and put them in layman's terms, summarize them as simplistic as you possibly can. Um, 
you know, I think my 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 last thought here as we get close to as we get close to wrapping up for the the initial podcast is futures future odds bets we kind of want to touch on here just because we're at the point in college basketball now where we're looking ahead. You know, we're looking ahead to March Madness. We're looking ahead to conference tournaments. The 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 conference races for regular season titles are hot right now, so every regular season game is is magnified beyond belief. So what I my my just final question to you is just from a sports fan perspective, right now Let's assume Zion comes back healthy. Let's just project. Let's say he comes back healthy in a few games. It looks fine. Hold on. Stop your thought. Let me give you a proposition. Okay. Ooh, I like this. Let's so uh, at the Westgate in Vegas, they have a prop. You can bet these four teams to win the national championship or this the field. This is what field. I was going to ask you. You're, I was going to give you a oh, certain amount of teams in the field. So you just you know, go. Give me talk about give me talk me. about juice yeah, and steam. I, yeah, I'm steaming you right now, no, baby. Go ahead. So give, so the four teams right now in the Westgate uh, proposition is Kansas. Gonzaga, Duke, and Michigan. They were even money. but So this is before the Zion injury because they took it off the board. Those four teams to win the national championship, even money, the field, minus 120. Okay? You could pretty much count out Kansas at this point. I don't think they're going to be winning the Big 12 this year for the first time in a long time. And you can essentially count out Duke at this point. Even if Zion comes back, I don't think this team has the the... They have a lot of talent. I just don't think they've developed it enough within one year to be able to contend for a title. I think there's other better teams in the ACC alone um, than Duke. I think Gonzaga is a live bet. Let me give you two other teams that I like if you're going to look at a little bit of value to win the national championship. It's Nevada. And this one's a little bit of a long shot. Texas Tech. I like them coming out of the Big 12. They're going to get into the tournament somewhere around a 5-7 to seven seed, something like that. Um, I, I think the way that they play lockdown defense is important, and that's why I like Michigan coming out of the Big 10 as well because they can play lockdown defense, but they can shoot the three. And you don't want to live or die by the three, but you just want to have a consistent ability to hit three-point shots, and they hit it about 44%, 41 or 44% the last time I checked, and that's just what you're asking for. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a flyer on Duke at three to one. That's what they're at right now. I. I just don't think, with the injury, the the mental mental aspect of the game, I don't think they're there. But there are other teams in the ACC if you want to take a flyer on, Virginia Tech, perfect example. Look at Virginia Tech. I know they haven't had the best conference schedule, but they have played tough. See, but like so, from my standpoint, like listening to you just now, bring up some of these other teams. I'm like nodding with you, agreeing that it's possible. You know, you look at it's some absolutely of the possible, and that is the sole reason why I would take the field even before Zion's injury. I would take the field because this year just feels like a weird year. It feels like it's kind of wide open. You know, it's not like it, it, I mean, as much as we've talked about Barrett, Reddish, Zion, and this team, they have not been the same kind of team that the 2012 Kentucky with Anthony Davis and Kid Gilchrist yeah, and those guys was absolutely. like. It wasn't like that, I, in my opinion. Or those I, Memphis teams. Yeah, well, right. I, I, don't think, I don't think that they, you know, I mean, the other Kentucky team that they, they don't have it. Yeah, the, team, the Kentucky team that got upset by Wisconsin but got to the Final Four was that Carl Anthony Towns, and, I mean, that team was dominant too. Duke, they've got a good record. They have three losses. They're obviously a great team. But in the Zion injury is recent history, so now we're really looking at them like they're mortal because he's not there. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I just think it's a wide open, wide open thing. So, um, you know, and, for and me personally, I, I would take the field in that bet. But you got one final thought. I, I would absolutely take the field. The last thing I want to cover, and, and I, we promise all of you, these in the future will not be this long. Hopefully your commute's not this long, but if it is, we have one more topic. I think the most competitive area in sports right now is the NBA Eastern Conference. And I didn't want to leave this before uh, we, uh, we went off the air. Odds, the deer. odds to win the Eastern Conference Finals. So, Jeff, let me ask you, who's your team coming out of the East right now? And I'll give you their odds because I think it's going to shock you. Yeah, um, I think my answer might shock you because my answer is not based on the standings right now. My answer is based on here's, – here's what I'll say. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to make it long-winded, but the NBA regular season and the playoffs are two different animals. There are teams that are great in the regular season that I think when the playoffs come and the game slows down and you play the same team seven times in a row with scouting, game planning, I think things change. So I'm going to tell you right now, based on their roster and their pedigree in recent years, my team is Boston. I know that they're in the middle of the standings right now, but I think their playoff experience the last few years, especially what they've been able to do without some of their star players, they made that run last year without Kyrie. Barring injury, Boston is who I put money on to come out of the East just based on Kyrie's experience, Al Horford's leadership. Even their young guys, they've been in the playoffs. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals the last two years. So Jason Tatum, a great player. Jason Tatum, if you like, that's who I'd go with. If you like Boston, you're going to be getting plus 225. They are not the odds-on favorite. That doesn't the shock East. me. The odds-on favorite is Toronto, and that's who, if I'm going to lay money on, I'm going to take Toronto. Plus 150, I get it. They haven't shown it yet. Joke artists in the playoffs. Now, let me tell you something. Their biggest opponent is out of the East, and that's LeBron James. They got beat by other teams. They have. Kyle Lowry becomes a ghost in the playoffs. I know they, I know they got rid of, gonna be rusted I know up. they got rid of DeMar DeRozan, who also went Casper, the friendly ghost in the playoffs. And I know that they got Kawhi, and Kawhi's a proven playoff. And he's going to be very rested. They have a shot, sure. Now, the only team I'm going to mention that might have a sort of a decent chance here, and, and obviously they lost uh, a significant player to their team, the Indiana Pacers. Just if you're looking for a little bit of value. Isn't Oladipo out for the year? Oladipo is out for the year. No chance. Now, listen, they're still going to get a top four seed. They're still going to get a top four seed. 40 to 1. It's, okay. worth, it's worth the flyer. Okay, Forty to one. Forty to one. It's worth a flyer. Bucks on it it's the worth a flyer. Now listen. Do I think they're going to make it? No. I my team out of the East is still Toronto. And last thing I will say, if you have a, a hundred thousand dollars that you are not trying to lose and you just want to make some return on, you can bet Golden State to win the title at minus one eighty. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's a lock. I mean, they, this might be the last year where they are the odds-on favorite to win the national or the national title to win the NBA championship. Minus one eighty is a joke, and we talked about this earlier. There's a misconception that there's no value on favorites. Golden State at minus one eighty, it should be minus four dollars at least, and put your money on that. That's what it is. I I I think in terms of Golden State, there's two teams that I'd be interested to see them play in a series. The whole I want the Lakers to get in at eight. I don't actually care about that because you could put LeBron. I mean, LeBron couldn't win a game with the Cleveland team last year, which is better than what he had. Like to say, oh, we want LeBron and Golden State in the first round. No, I don't because that will be no contest. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing Golden State play Oklahoma City in a, in a round. I mean, just the way Paul that would George be a fun series, the way Westbrook plays, no question and. Houston's finally healthy. We saw a great series last year. Chris Paul, an injury away, they probably beat him. When's the last time we were this excited for the Eastern Conference playoffs? I'm jacked. <laughs>
Yeah, I just don't buy Milwaukee, man. I, I love Giannis, and we are in close proximity to Milwaukee. For people who are diehard Bucks fans, I think this is great. They have a household name. They're the number one team in the East. That's awesome. He's but fun to watch. They just don't. They have. I feel like they have to go through the growing pains in the postseason like any up-and-coming team does. They haven't been there. I don't think that they're going to. You know, I like the addition of Meritage, and I think uh, Eric Bledsoe is a good player. But I, I still, Chris Middleton's a solid player. Middleton's a solid player. I, I think they're lacking that, that second score. Um, but yes, I, I would say the not only are we looking forward to the Eastern Conference Finals, this might be a year where someone other than Houston maybe challenges. I think Denver still has a shot here to challenge Golden State in the West. Again, I don't think anyone's going to overcome them in a seven-game series. But I think it's going to be a lot more competitive in the last three years at least. Okay. The last thing, Busta Media, Instagram. Tomorrow, we are going to have an Oscars preview. You can bet on the Oscars if you're in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. And we're going to go over a couple of the high-level categories. Best film, best actor, actress, supporting actor, actress. Look at some of the odds, where there's value. So tune into that. Busta Media on Instagram. And again, weekly podcast. Here between me and Jeff, we're going to go over some of the sports news of the day. Take a look at the odds, bring in some entertainment, and hopefully, as we always say, be a little profitable. 100%, man. This is, uh, again, this is going to be a weekly occurrence. This was the pilot podcast. Follow the YouTube channel, Bustam Media on YouTube, Twitter, at Bustam Media. And obviously, for anyone listening to this, uh, if you're listening on Anchor, we are the Bustam Media podcast there. So we are done for podcast number one. We're out. Bustam Media.